your servant And I am listening Speak to me, Lord, speak to me Speak to me Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the entrance of thy word that giveth light and giveth understanding to the simple. Let the light of your word shine upon us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You're welcome to the Riverside Atmosphere. Bishop Eddie is on another important assignment elsewhere. And we tonight want to show a very important subject titled Seven Things That Happen During Quiet Time. Amen. Now, the introduction to the book on the quiet time or this even this chapter which is chapter 3 of how you can have an effective quiet time with God every day is very very powerful because here our prophet our father bishop Dagwood Mills says if anybody were to ask me what the greatest secret of my relationship with God is I would say without any hesitation that it is the power of the quiet times I have with him every day. So, if you think that a man of God has a secret, you might think that it was maybe a certain revelation that he had where an angel came to him and spoke to him. You might think that, you know, because... There are very, there are several very spectacular things that happen. And if you are joining us by Facebook or YouTube, you are welcome. This is the Riverside Atmosphere service. And, but here is the prophet saying that the greatest secret of his relationship with God is the power of the quiet times he has with him every day. Now I was listening to him sharing a couple of weeks ago on the prosperity of the word of God. And a particular verse from 1 Samuel where he says that God revealed himself through the word of God at Shiloh. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. 
You know, when we, when we study physics or economics or biology, any of these subjects, you apply yourself and you understand it. You read, you may, if it's the physical sciences like biology, chemistry, you may do some practicals. Is that also? So, we dissected frogs, toads, mice, and other things. I mean, we're doing things to understand. But when it comes to God and His Word, this word, reveal or revelation, is the important word here. In other words, you can, know, you can have a lot of Bible knowledge. You can even quote verses. But if the word of God has not been revealed to you, it does not make a difference in your life. Now, the seven things that happen during quiet time, I like to mention one first and then we take it from there which says during your quiet time you increase in your personal knowledge of the scriptures later right and they say during my quiet time i increase in my personal knowledge of the scriptures let me calm down a bit now One day I was in a church. I'd gone to pray there. It was a church building. It was a Saturday. And I saw a brother in a corner of the same church hall with his laptop and he was praying <laughs> and reading the word. I think his laptop, in those days, laptop was more, I don't think there were iPads in those days. And as he read, occasionally I would hear him, Hey! He would shout. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, I was in my corner, and then he would be there, and then quiet, and then, Hey! And I realized that he was having an encounter <laughs> with the word of God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Because many of us, we want revelations. Okay, yes. Visions, angels, they are all very important. But the basis is the word of God. Amen. You see... When, when I think about this, my mind goes back to what was known as the healing revival. Now, the healing revival was what, if you like, came before the charismatic revival. It's like that. Revivals give birth to each other. They say that the Welsh revival gave birth to the Azusa Street revival. And if you don't know about them, it's worth reading about them. As a Christian. But the healing revival began somewhere in the 40s. And waned about the late 50s. There were very wild people in the healing revival. I mean there was someone like Jaco. 
Who would have a healing line? There was a woman with a big tummy from ovarian cancer. Big. The cancer had filled the tummy and fluid was in the tummy. And he would tell her that. The Spirit of God tells me to punch your tummy. Hey, and this guy was a thick, tall guy. <laughs> so if a big, heavyweight boxer type preacher wants to hit your tummy, you may be scared. But she said, ah, if the Holy Spirit wants you to, then, then, then go ahead. And you also go back. <laughs> the boom! And because it was the power of God, the woman just took two steps back. Flat still. Everything was healed. Hey! Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, I mean, I mean, all of them, all of these healing evangelists, their father was called John Alexander Dowie. Hey! Kenneth Higgins said, in the presence of six ministers and some doctors, there was a woman with a tumor which had grown out of her mouth and become like another head beside the head. In their presence. Is it not that anybody said they were there? He held the tumor and removed it. <laughs> I mean, it's something that you have to do surgery or you have to give chemotherapy. I mean, but you see, all those medicines, they will enter the system and they will poison. He, he just took the thing and removed it. And the flesh came, the f- said, fresh flesh. <laughs> hey! Then there was somebody called Everett Parrott. Now, Everett Parrott was a brother-in-law of Catherine Kuhlman. So, Catherine Kuhlman's sister was married to Everett Parrott. And Everett Parrott was one of the first people in those days who lay hands and then people would fall. So, it was thought that, ah, so maybe Catherine Kuhlman also had that in her ministry a lot. Lay hands. That's why Benny Hinn also has lay hands and people fall. Now, all those people were so wild. But Kenneth Hagin told them, you see, because Kenneth Hagin at that time was not so well known. Kenneth Hagin's ministry came up in the 60s. But he told them that. Because now some of them had begun to major on the spectacular so that they were not really emphasizing the word. So he told them that you guys, eh, long after you are gone, I'll still be here. He told them. And it came to pass that Kenneth Hagin's ministry came up in the 60s, went on to the 70s, and the 80s charismatic revival that we saw in Ghana, West Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, was from Kenneth Hagin. Oh, yes. Yes. He said, look, you become, because you are not, you've gone too much. I mean, at a point, people were now even competing with each other. Somebody built a tent and went to see his friend's tent and said, built his a little bit bigger than the other tent, so he could say that I have the biggest tent in the world. I mean, at that time it was becoming a little, as they say, tentious. So you see, what I'm saying is that the foundation is the word of God. And we must all be interested in increasing in our personal knowledge of the scriptures. You see, Sometimes there's some, remember one particular, the one I had my quiet time, and then I just felt that nothing beyond had happened. You know, it's like I had a quiet time, but I mean, I didn't know, like, feel. I mean, how many have had a quiet time before? It's like, as if I'm just eating. 
But the food was, ah, it was food, but, you know. In, in that state, I remember the Holy Spirit whispering to me that, you think nothing has happened. You know more of the word today than you knew yesterday. That's all. That's all. That's all. By having the quiet time, even though I didn't feel like, you know, it's a wild, you know, it's, look, your knowledge of the scriptures has increased over what you had yesterday. I was very reassured by that. Do you get me? Because indeed, you see, when people stockpile, if you like, the word of God, eh, they have become dangerous. They have become very dangerous. Because do you know that there are some people, when the Bible talks about Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, there are some people who are very much, like we are saying, into the spirit but not the word. And then some who are very much the word but not the spirit. Do you get me? And I realized one thing. That when you are really, really, really into the word, it becomes easy to enter the spirit. John 6, 63 says, the flesh profiteth nothing. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth on the words that I said, they are spirits. You see, so, so keep on amassing word in you. One of these days, there's going to be an ignition of that word and it will cause something to explode. Oh yes. Oh yes. The word. The word. The word. You know? So, I remember that there were some people called the Kansas City prophets. They were around in the 80s, like Paul Kane. One of them was called Mike Bickle. He was like a theologian who didn't believe in all these things. You know, even let me bring us home. Do you know that our prophet, Bishop Dagwood Mills, he says that the reason why he entered into the healing ministry and science and wonders, for which is now known all over these countries in Africa for miracles, is that he looked at the word of God and told himself that my ministry is not like Jesus' ministry. That's what he said. He said, when I look at Jesus' ministry, there are miracles. Because raising of the dead, there's healing of the sick, there's healing of a madman. You see, because he was a man of the word, he was able to enter into the spirit realm just because he saw them. He looked at the word because the Bible says, "Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty." When you look into the Bible, you are like you are looking into a mirror, and it's telling you what you are, so you can improve upon it. That's what ladies do. And also, they look in a mirror. Some gentlemen too, yeah, and they say that. I, I, I can do better. And they work on it until what is in the mirror approximates what is in their mind, the image that is in their mind. Yes. So, these, these guys were theologians. But one day somebody introduced them to the spirits. And then suddenly they were wild. They were into the prophetic. Oh, yes. So, I thought about it. How do you increase in your personal knowledge of the scriptures even during quiet time? And reading from key facts and some other books, I came up with five things which I've called the DR 
SMM. So it can be a formula. DRSM squared. Hallelujah. What, 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 what do I mean? The first is this. Desire the word of God. 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 First Peter 2.2 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Hallelujah. It is a short study. And then we'll go home. Is it? Okay. Desire. You know, I've never seen a baby. Never. Unless they are sick. Who doesn't want to? I mean, how many of you have seen a baby when the breasts is coming to its mouth? It's almost like it has become like a fetish priest. (laughs) I mean, sometimes when they are breastfeeding and the nipple comes out, you realize that this baby, if he had said, he would slap the mother. I mean, he, he grows water. What, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Then they put the, the nipple back. <laughs> hey, he's wild. But I want to ask you, when was the last time you woke up in the morning and then you were looking for the word of God? So I, I need the word of God. I'm, I'm like somebody who, I, I mean, something is happening to me. No, no, no. You go to WhatsApp. You go to Messenger. You go to TikTok. You go to YouTube. You go to all those places. May you desire the sincere milk of the word. Oh, yes. And you know, when there's the absence, like I said, when there's the absence of that, it is indicative of disease. A baby that has seen a nipple and it's not doing anything, it's, it's not well. It's not well. It's not well. And please, it's not just for babes. <laughs> it's for you. You call yourself a Christian. You were eating. I remember the first time my big sister, who was one of my spiritual mothers, told me to fast. And I said, what is it? She said, oh, in the morning when you wake up, you not eat. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Do you know when I remembered that she said we were fasting that day? When I was washing the Tom Brown plates. <laughs> I had a red plate. I'd finished firing around 10. Then I was washing and I said, ah, today is a day. <laughs> today is a day that you said we were fasting. <laughs> I finished. <laughs> I finished a long time ago. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> I finished. I, I didn't even remember that we are supposed to fast. I've not done it before. You get me? But you see, if you get to a certain place of desire, you will feel there's something wrong. If you when you have not read the Word of God, you will feel there's something wrong. You feel it. And I'm saying that even if you don't have that feeling, then you need, there's a prayer topic for you. Lord, may I desire the sincere milk of the God. You see, you see, if you don't desire, you will not grow. 
You don't grow. That's, 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 it's the desire that makes you go for the word, and thereby you grow. And when you're not, you, you don't grow. You don't grow. You don't grow. The other day I heard the prophet say, he says, sometimes when he's moving out of his house, say, hey, let's not read the Bible. You go back, take his trousers off. It's like, to see that I'm not going out anymore. <laughs> Until I read the word of God. Wow. No, you see, there are some lessons that you learn the hard way. I remember a particular time I was under a lot of stress, work, everything. I didn't have my quiet time. And I moved. Hey! As I was moving, somebody stopped. <laughs> a pickup stopped. And to the to the back. That's all. Open them. So I'm feeling. <laughs> you are in so much of a hurry. You didn't have your quiet time. Look at you. I had to go to the place where they repair the car because I had to go and repair the car. <laughs> repair his car and they pick up hard bodies. <laughs> It's too high a price to pay. But you see, that's because God loved me enough to show me that. You don't do that. See, Job said this in Job 23, 12. He said, I esteemed the word of God more than my necessary food. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That's how come the saying came. No Bible, no breakfast. And some of you should have been fasting by now because you have not read your Bible today. We have eaten three square meals. So your body is a macho body and your spirit is leggy, 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 leggy. <laughs> by changing from today, amen. Desire. Desire. Second. Read. Read. I'm talking about the word of God. Desire the word of God. Second, read. Read. You know, I realize that many of us don't even know the stories of the Bible. Oh, yes. You don't know the stories of the Bible. Don't even know the stories of the Bible. And you see, that's what happens when you read. There should be times when you take the Bible. You are not, you are just, you just read. You are not, re- you know, you are just reading. You are just reading. You are just reading. I remember my firstborn son, when he was about five years old or so. His mother bought him a Bible for boys. Yeah. The book, there was a Bible for boys. Very, and the way it's also very nice to read. Oh, he read it. Hey, you see, that is where he learned about various things like abominations. You can't sleep with a dog. Can't sleep. That's why he, he read that people can even do that. Can't sleep with an animal. Can't sleep with your whoever. Can man can't sleep with man. Woman can. That, that's why he read all those things. That's why we read all those things. That's why you got to know. And you see, when you read those things at that age, they become entrenched in you. They, you, you know that this is right and this is wrong. Yeah. Reading. 
reading. One day I watched a quiz program. It was called 15 to 3. Because they started 15 contestants and they end at 3. They end with 3 contestants who compete. And I was amazed that people who knew complex answers like in astronomy and physics and other things, when it came to religion, one of the questions that somebody could not answer was who was the mother of Samuel? Who didn't answer it? You know. You see, even now, if I ask somebody now, <laughs> you see, I don't want to spoil the service by going around and asking. <laughs> You'll be like Tom Sawyer. You know Tom Sawyer? Tom Sawyer was an American small boy written by Mark Twain who went around. He didn't go to some Sunday school superintendent. Uh, people are asking, discussing who, who Summer's mother was. <laughs> <laughs> It's a serious one. <laughs> no, are you listening to me? I said that Sunday school people came teaching lessons and lessons for some weeks, maybe 12 weeks. He, Tom Sawyer, didn't attend because he was a bad boy. But anytime you attended, they gave you a kind of certificate or a, a little check to so that you had attended, you see. And then... I don't know whether they're writing some exams or something. Some, some so they used things like if you give me your certificate, I'll give you a belt. Then you collect from someone. If you give me, I'll give you an apple. And, and so he collected many of those things. And then when the big day came for the Sunday school superintendents to come to town to give awards to the deserving students, he presented all his and said, Wow, you are the best. But these were the people who came from outside. But the local Sunday school students thought that, ah, this guy, I didn't see him in the classes. So how come he has got all the prizes? So when they called him and said he should come, and they gave him the um, prize, then the local Sunday school students said, Tom, before you go, would you like to mention to us the first two disciples of Jesus. <laughs> hey, the guy was hot. He, he didn't know. But you see, he had to say something because the way it is now. He just answer. Adam and Eve. <laughs> Too powerful. <laughs> so read the word of God. The next one is that you must study the word of God. And I'm pleased to say that, at least here in the cathedral, we have lay schools, like school of the word, like new believer school, like strong Christian, to help you to study. Because many of us, if I were to go around again and ask how do you conduct a microscopic Bible study? You, you don't even know how to do a Bible study. You don't even know how to conduct a Bible study. 
You have no idea. And yet, you come in and go out, come in and go out, and I think you should be humble enough to decide to sign up for school of the word. So you'll be taught how to have a Bible study. Because if you cannot have a Bible study, then you are not going to be deep enough in the things of God. When I see people writing things on Facebook and saying, that, 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 look, I mean, he didn't study anything. No. He just heard what came from the pulpit. You see, that's why we thank God for the, this, the Berean disciples in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. He said they received the word of God with eagerness of mind and searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. How's your searching? Where is your microscopic Bible study? Have you ever had a telescopic Bible study? You don't even know about it. You shouldn't be proud. You shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't be happy with yourself. You should tell yourself that, look, I need to go and study. I need to go and sit in the school of the word. I need to sign up Sunday after church and be here and be taught one hour every Sunday until I know how to study the Bible for myself. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Increase in your personal knowledge of the scriptures. Through study. Do you know what a topical Bible study is? Topical. Take a topic, angels. And then say, I'm going to study about angels. Yes. It's part of your, your, your Christianity. It's part of your Christianity. To study the word of God. Oh, yes. That's what Paul the Apostle said. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And even if you look, you see, when you conduct a Microsoft Bible study, one of the things you do is that you look at the words there and look up their meanings either in English or in Hebrew, if it's an Old Testament or in Greek. And that's why you know that even this word study is a Greek word spodazo, which means to be eager. It's a similar word used in Hebrews 12, where it says looking diligently, you see. So it's somebody who is eager, somebody who is making effort. In other words, if you want to study the word of God, you have to put something into it. You have to put some diligence into it. You have to be eager. You have to be, you have to put in some effort. And Proverbs 23, 22 will say, buy the truth and sell it not. In other words, if you want to be a student of the word of God, hey, you'd better invest in the word of God. Invest in the word of God. Buy things that will help you to say that. I remember years ago on a weekday afternoon I moved from my house in Camberwell, South London to Central London. What was I going to look for? Strong's Concordance. I remember entering the shop seeing a Strong's Concordance 70 pounds and I bought it and took it to my house. Yes. So I don't have some other expensive things that you may have, but I used the money 
And later on, when I came to Ghana and saw an updated strong concordance with the dictionary, which was costing at that time, it cost 240,000 Ghana cities. I went to buy that one too. So that when I open the scriptures, I can compare, I can go into it. You see, when you do that, you become solid. You become you cannot you cannot be moved easily. You cannot be moved easily. People are just around, they are just moved. Any wind that blows, it blows them away. Blows them away. Blows them away. We are talking about increasing in your personal knowledge of souls, investing the word of God. I said, desire the word. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. And this one is meditate on the word of God. Oh yes. Meditate. That's the gold mine of Bible study. Meditate. Because you know the word, but if you don't meditate on it, there's something that will not out of the word. Oh, yes. And I was amazed to realize that there's actually a very powerful link between meditation and memorizing. Do you know why? When you look up the word meditate in the Hebrew, one of the meanings is to matter, which is to say something under two. Another one is to utter, and another one is to speak. So I realized that, ah, when we actually are trying to memorize the word of God, we are meditating on the word of God. And you see, med- memorization is something that many of us have buried. It's like it's a lost art. We don't do memorizations for Sunday school children. But recently I heard a prophet say, and I was very happy. He said that, look, dementia comes as a result of your neurons in the brain not connecting, not becoming interconnected. And when you try to memorize or learn new things, they interconnect. So, you see, you are actually preventing dementia by memorizing some scriptures. (laughs) Beautiful. That's why I'm glad that years ago when I had my first Bible... I opened the sleeve and wrote in it, Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And that was when it was imprinted in my spirit that if you want to have a good and a successful day, Read the, Read the Bible at the beginning of the day. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For then, is it, that's, what, that's what it says, isn't it? For then, thou shalt make thy way. It's not God who's come to make your way prosperous for you. You are making your way prosperous. And then, that's how good says. And I realize that if I have a successful day because I read my Bible... Tomorrow, if I read the word of God again, I'll have another successful day. And seven successful days make one successful week. Several successful weeks make a month. Several successful months make a year. And several successful years make a successful life. I profess unto you that if you begin today to read the Bible every day, meditate on it, you shall make your life prosperous and you shall have good success. So it was 
after I received this truth, and I'm sure I've shared this story before, but I don't mind sharing it again because I'm very happy to share this one point and we close. I was still a boy, less than 11 years old. We were in an area, we lived in Laboni Estates, and opposite us was also children's home. And we were a football team. I was part of a football team of our local area boys. <laughs> and the Osu children's home also had a team. And we used to play against them. So we were the, the local rivals. Like, you used to have secondary Hazakes and 11 whites. Or Swedru All Blacks and Fankoba. <laughs> house of what? House of Oak in the Olympics, yes. Local, local derby. Or Kumasi Cornerstone and Kumasi Asante Kotoko. <laughs> yeah. Or Venomous Vipers. Cape Coast Venomous Vipers versus Cape Coast Mysterious Dwarfs. The Busuya Dwarfs. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> My brother went to the stadium one day to watch. I don't know why he went, but he was watching Cape Coast Mysterious versus Venomous Vipers. And out of nowhere, there was no tree or anything. A lizard fell to the floor. (laughs) So somebody took a stick and was trying to remove the lizard, and somebody standing by said, Hey, Enimna. <laughs> Do you know him? And you are going to take a stick to remove him. <laughs> oh, yes. So, it was a Saturday, and they were going to play their soccer in the afternoon, and I was still working at home, washing dishes mopping the floor so they took the lead to go and play so when I finished then I said let me go and join the soccer as I was leaving I remember that I had not had my quiet time so I went back let me have my quiet time because I want to make my way prosperous I want to have good success so I went to read my bible then I went when I arrived, they took somebody off. And Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Replaced. Thank you. The stars. Oh, yes. I had come. At that time, we were one nail up. Then somebody scored the second goal. And as we were moving towards the end of the match, and as I was moving towards the opposite goal post, Somebody crossed the ball from the left. Ah. And you see, the goalkeeper then, they called him Atuga. After the Tunisian, famous Tunisian goalkeeper called Atuga. Because it was fair colored. And he was rushing towards me. And I was also moving towards him. But because I'd had my quiet time. My way was going to be prosperous. I was going to have good success. As I saw in Russia, I just placed the ball coolly to his left for the third goal of the match. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. 
three nil. God used the incident to assure me for all time that David, brother, if you want to have a good life, if you want to have good success, if you want to prosper, have your quiet time. Read the Bible. You do well. You score goals. You score goals in life. You score goals in your career. You score goals in your marriage. You score goals in your basenta work. You score goals in your ministry work. I think it's okay. We can close. So... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. During a quiet time, the increase in your personal knowledge of the scriptures. Second Peter 1 5 says, Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And second Peter 3 it is about growing grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lord, say, Lord, give me the desire. Give me the spiritual hunger. I thirst for your words. I hunger for your words. Let me draw closer to you, Lord, in your words. May I feel that there's something wrong if I've not fellowship with you through the words in the name of Jesus. Pray for yourself. Thank you, Lord. Marco Shakataya Baba Simiko Pada Robisa Lebrando Lobo Maya Kalebasaba Imando Lababa Lebrasho Libiaya Matande Nebekaya Mama Sulababa Mosabi Lebebe Lebrande Lebebe Yami Lebe Hasso Sande Lebebe Mama Limo Mami Kosimo Shebida Limika Tobo Shebli Ande Lebe Mama Siko Mama Yes, Lord. 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 Oh, may we be like Jesus. You know something? As we are praying, I thought about Jesus. You know, Jesus began his ministry when he was 30 years old you ask yourself the question what was he doing is he because to launch his ministry he went into a 40 day fast is that also that was the spirit okay what was he doing we have a little window in the story about when he was 12 years old hey he was studying the scriptures oh yes oh yes so that when he met the people who were gurus in the world, a 12 year old boy could match them boot for boots for three days he was with them studying the word of God <laughs> he must have known it that's why Jesus quoted freely from Isaiah quoted freely I mean they were just quoting all the time because they have spent time studying it so if you want to be like Jesus will you be a person who is into the word of God Lift your voice and listen. I wanna be more like you, Jesus. I wanna be more like. I wanna be more like Jesus. I wanna be a vessel you are through. Jesus, I want to be more 
you Jesus desiring the word studying the word reading the word meditating on the word memorizing the word till we are filled with the word of God in Jesus name Amen with, that, with every head bowed every eye closed you may be here You've not received Jesus as your Savior. You're watching us on Facebook, by YouTube. Maybe tonight is a day that God has prepared for your encounter with Him. So let's all bow our heads and pray this prayer so that everyone who wishes to receive Jesus can do so. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Please forgive me. Wash away my sins. Write my name in the book of life. I thank you, Lord, that I'm a new creature. I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Macarius Church Headquarters, East Lagon Hills, Accra. Stay blessed. I am waiting.